What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards. I have a podcast about collecting sports cards, and we are going to run this parallel series into the ground. I'm going to do it until the wheels fall off because I'm having fun. I think you're having fun. We're learning a thing or two. We're bringing on passionate collectors. And isn't that what this is all about? I am talking with one of my dudes today on my favorite or one of my favorite parallels of the modern era, the galactic. Yes, the galactic out of revolution. And I could not do it without Brandon. You know him at Mission Street Cards. When I jumped back in the hobby and started following his page, one of the best galactic collections the world has ever seen. And it really showed me that you can go all in and be super passionate and build a collection around one specific parallel. Really enjoyed this conversation. I think you are going to too. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. But most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. So was just saying to today's guests that when we started getting this parallel series running, I knew we had to uh, save some space for the galactic parallel out of revolution. And there was only one person that I could have on to chat galactics. And uh, he has one of the coolest galactic collections uh, that I think I've seen in the hobby and excited to share some of the passion with you, but I got Brandon, you know him at Mission Street Cards on the Instagram machine. Brandon, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, working from home today, enjoying a little uh, day off the commute. I was actually hoping to be in the office. I could say I am at Mission Street, but um, but I'm working from home nonetheless. Uh, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Um, so, Man, I, so, you know, when we get back in the hobby and we're like trying to navigate, I just remember like stumbling upon your your page and, you know, everyone, people collect players and different uh, eras. And I remember like you were the first one of the first collectors that I found that were like so laser focused on a specific parallel. And that was the Galactic and basketball specifically. So maybe we just start from the top on like, I know you're a fan. You're it's part of your brand, I think, in the hobby. So, what was that moment when kind of the galactic parallel grabbed your attention and you decided to make the move to make it like a a foundational pillar of your collection? Sure. Yeah. So when I was starting to get back into the hobby after a you know long interval, like many people, it was around I think 2017. And, you know, I found myself spending time on the, the blowout uh, cards message, message boards. Um, I think, I, I don't know if it's quite as uh, frequented as it used to be, but that was a popular place to sort of talk about cards and gather. I think people have moved over to Instagram more these days, but there were a handful of posters on that um, site that had amazing galactic collections. I think uh, N-Funk, Nate, who I think now works at PW. PWCC and then Hal Asher had a 2015 almost near set. And then um, several other people on that site had galactics that they would post regularly. And I just remember being blown away by the just the colors and the vibrancy and uh, the designs and thinking, wow, those are those are cool cards. Um, at the time, I was kind of figuring out what direction I wanted to go and was looking at Look, I, I really like the 90s cards like, you know, the PMG championships are probably my favorite card with the scope design. 
and I think the artistic like backgrounds of the different locations is is amazing, but it just didn't really fit my budget. Like if I wanted to build a full set or collect like the high-end cards of those sets, you know, at the time I just didn't think that was really feasible. So I thought, well, what would be something that'd be kind of similar that catches my eye in the modern? And that that's where I gravitated to. And the, you know, it was really those really good photography of those posters on blowout capturing the design because it's sometimes the scans don't really do it justice. You know, I would say uh, out of all the parallels and cards, and it's not the you're not the first person that has said that. And I I have I have been excited and reinvigorated in the hobby, especially since uh, the Galactics came over to uh, Revolution when the WWE license came over. Yeah. And it gave me a reason to go crazy about it. And I'm always like in those moments where I'm trying to like get those photos right. And you set it, you take it, you put it out there, and it's like. This looks good, but I really don't think the people on the other end really realize if they haven't seen these cards in hand. So maybe right. talk a little bit about like that element, because I think the people who love these cards, it's like the design and the technology use is so unique and it grabs your attention when you're holding it. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Sure. A little embarrassed in that there are people in the hobby, you know, Adam, uh, you know, the 27 guys, one of them who can just talk about the actual like design <laughs> features of the card and yeah. actually use the right terms. And I, other than beyond like, wow, that looks awesome. Yeah. I really struggle. And like, I know what a refractor is. Like I really struggle with using the correct terminology, but I think in terms of the, the design, what really appealed to me is one, it kind of has like a nice goldish yellow foil on it, which is just, it's a little bit different than other cards. But I think the, the coolest part is when you hold it in your hand, it just looks different depending on, you know, mm -hmm. all the different angles that you can look at it. And if, you know, it really does well in a video, if it's under light, I, I guess the certain cards also really pop versus others or certain years. So like, I think the, the one card that for me stands out and it's, it's actually a parallel, it's a, sorry, an insert is the, the 2015, 2016 LeBron showstoppers insert. And he's wearing this, you know, in that season, the Cavs had like a kind of a, a, a maize gold colored uniform. And that maize gold mixed with the gold foil of the, the Galactic was just perfect. Maybe like maybe we hit this just from the top, because uh, just in case people are hearing about Galactics for the first time. When I think of Galactics, I, I mostly think about Galactics and basketball revolution starting mm -hmm. at 2015. Maybe like you can brief the audience on just like where you can find Galactics and just whether it's basketball. I mentioned WWE, any other places where you know Galactics exist. Yeah, sure. So I think the sort of parallel Galactics started in there might be people who are going to come correct me after this, but I, I'm I'm 99% sure that it started in 2015 with the set. Interestingly, it doesn't actually say Galactic on the back. So mm. a, num a lot of them have been sold without sort of knowledge of what people were selling, unfortunately. But the design itself showed up back in the 90s in various pinnacle sets. So there's some, I think, hockey sets and maybe a baseball or basketball set or two that have this design, sort of the the diamond. I don't even know how to describe it. And then starting in 2016, Unparalleled, which is a football brand, starting using the design, but didn't call it Galactic, 
And then it wasn't until I think 2017 that they started having a, a proper galactic parallel. Um, I, I, I used to own a lot of them. I have one left, which is a, a Tom Brady first year sort of galactic that I've kept that I really like. And then in terms of baseball, I think in 2018 was the first year that they started using the parallel. And then, and then you mentioned uh, wrestling, which th those cards are really nice looking. I, I don't know if it was 2021 or 2020, but um, I think that's where it picked up there. And, it, and in basketball, it sort of continued on each year. Uh, it's, you know, the chase parallel um, in the revolution set or brand. Uh yeah. And so for me, and I don't know, I don't want to hit people over the head with first year as being the most significant, but I think in terms of your collection, you've really focused in on the 2015 um, and focusing, you, 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 you kind of go across the board, but 2015 is where you spent a lot of time. 2022 was WWE and I am not opposed to grabbing a 2023, but it, I feel like I've been spending a lot of time just trying to focus in on the debut. How do you arrange kind of what you're trying to do? Is the first year, 2015, most important to you? Maybe share some perspective there. One of the people that I really admired or envied is the right word, but obviously everybody thinks, you know, Nat Turner's collection is amazing. And it's funny because he has so many different elements of it that you probably could have 50 different people like different things. What captivated me was I loved the set building across a number of years. I thought that was really cool. And so I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to own? sort of the galactic parallel set across, you know, as many years as possible. And at one point I was about six cards shy of having a full graded set for the first four years. At one point it sort of dawned on me, you know, you're not a billionaire. You likely never will be. And so, you know, all else being equal, you know, you only have so much money to spend on cards. Is this where you want to sort of focus? And so over time I have become less of a set chaser and just tried to focus in on like, you know, my favorite cards that I really like. But at heart, I'm a completionist. I'm a perfectionist. I did love the set chasing and that 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 was a big draw for me. The thing that, and we're going to talk about like the perceived print run and try to dig into that. But one thing I can yeah. tell you is that I think there is this perception about Galactics that, um, you know, they don't have a serial number. You could probably find them. And I'll tell you, like, just in two years of wrestling, specifically even focusing on one year, there are plenty of cards I have never seen. And I'm this right. is like, I'm looking at this every freaking day. I'm everywhere trying to find certain cards. And I know the same is true for, for basketball. So to like get to that level where you're building up whole sets, which are, you know, hundreds of cards, like how did you go about doing this? Like, what was your process? What was your strategy? just checking safe searches a lot. <laughs> I mean, one of the issues is that sometimes, like for instance, I was really trying to build the 2015 set, which I still have. And um, that one's tough. And, and in part because there's uh, a few other people that have decent partial sets. And like I mentioned earlier, I think Hal Asher still has a complete set and they just never show up on eBay. I mean, if you go did a safe search right now for 2015 base cards that have been sold in the last year, maybe seven, like they just, they just don't turn over that often. And so when I was building my set, there was another collector who I'm friends with, who was deciding to move a lot of his cards and he was selling about 40 of them. And I only needed five of them. And I ended up buying all 40 because, you know, he, he wanted, understandably wanted to move them all at the same time. So, 
you know, you do things like that and, and probably overpay um, in order to, to get there. That, that's the, you know, that's the trick of, of set building. To your point though, I've been looking, I've been looking at safe searches for six or seven years now, and there's still five or six cards that I've never seen. Is, do you have like a, uh, a ridiculous story of like excitement that you have when like somebody in 2015 popped up, who's like a totally average or maybe not even in the league player that when you saw it, it seems ridiculous to the audience, but you like, it made your like knees weak a little bit because it was like, you had been looking for it for a while. Were there any of those yeah. that popped up along the way? So about seven or eight months ago, um, I needed the Dwight Howard, which is one of like four or five I had left and I really wanted it. And I probably overpaid by a lot of money, you know, probably <laughs> four or five X what it was worth and bought it. And then no joke, it showed up on eBay within 48 hours. <laughs> of course. I hadn't, hadn't seen it in six years. Oh <laughs> which, man. Yeah. Which it was fine though. It's, it's all good. It's it, that always seems to happen. Um, yeah. So I know I have done the Google search and I've end up in, ended up in the, uh, the, the bowels of blowout and threads trying yep. to, of people debating and trying to decipher how many there actually are. Yeah. So what, what can you educate us on? Because this is even a debate in WWE and it's only been two years. So like, what can you tell us based on your knowledge of like the print run of galactics? Maybe does it change over the course of time? Like, what can you tell us? Yeah. So I think the first year 2015, I think is a bit different than the other years. I think the first year in basketball, my best guess, and this is part informed by, there's a really good post on blog doing, doing, you know, breaking down the math. My best guess is that the base set is between 10 and 15 and the rookies are a bit higher, probably 20. Um, the inserts probably somewhere between probably around 15 for years after that. So 16, 17, 18, 19. And I, and I my feeling is that the wrestling baseball, football is all pretty consistent with, I'll say 2016 on basketball. And I'm curious to get your take what you think, but my mm -hmm. best guess is it's between 15 and 20, probably closer to 20, especially beginning in 2018. I think like that was the Luka Doncic year. Uh, his rookie, you know, there's probably 20 or 25 of those. There might be a higher number for the rookies, but you know, I usually go after the base cards. I think there's probably between 15 and 20. Yeah. So I think from in wrestling, uh, I, I will check the, I'll use like PSA pop report as like a, a barometer just to like, see if anything has changed. And I do it probably way too often just because I'm like obsessed. And I think part of the non-serial number factor of it, like the mystery behind that is fun and intriguing, but I, I think the last time I looked, which was maybe a two or three weeks ago, no one, no one had had more than four Galactics. I think maybe John Cena had four and that product had been out, you know, over two years. Yeah. So that just that snapshot in and of itself for me helps confirm that these aren't like the, you know, color blasts or kaboom case hits. These cards no. are really hard to find. And I know, I know that because of the pop reports and I know it because I'm shaking trees. I'm, I don't know if you feel the same way just with basketball stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think especially in basketball and, and, you know, this may be the case in wrestling too. There's a lot of 
grading of Galactics because anybody that hit one of a decent player was like, oh, this is a great card. I'm obviously going to go get this graded and then either keep it or sell it. There was a lot of regrading too. If you put it in a BGS and you gemmed, you know, you're likely going to go try to cross it over to PSA. And are those people, you know, taking them out of the pop reports? Almost certainly not. And then you might even have people trying to cross it from, you know, PSA 10 to a BGS 10 or something. I don't know how frequent that is. So I think there is some inflation and, you know, in the past people have said, oh, well, you know, this all adds up to, you know, a number. So it must be, you know, at least 2X that or something. I I don't think that math quite works because if you, you just rarely see ungraded high-end galactics, uh, you know, for sale, like very rarely. No doubt. Um, Maybe touch on it from your end. Obviously, like you have conviction, but I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, I don't, I'm not really interested in Galactics because it doesn't have that serial numbered stamp on the back. Like, I think from my end that the pros to that are that maybe there are less competition when they come up because there's a segment of collectors that aren't interested because of that. But maybe talk about like the pros and cons of like something being short printed versus, you know, serial stamped in Galactics. I mean, if you're talking about demand today, it's it's not it's not ubiquitous for sure. I mean, there are people that collect these cards, but um, you know, if you look at like the number of watchers on an eBay auction, high end galactic versus some other random out of twenty five, you know, parallel of which there's twenty other parallels, it's less. Um, and I don't know if that it has to do with the serial number or lot or not. So. I think like long-term, are people going to gravitate towards them because they just look better than other cards? Maybe, but you know, it might not ever happen and that, that's okay too. I think you know, it does take, the, the hobby sort of has a long curve in sort of what rises to the top. And I guess your question, is it an impediment? I don't know. I, I, I would be interested, you know, have you, do you have an in at Panini? Is there someone we can go talk to to like find out what the actual print run is and publish it? I mean, especially once they sort of go by the wayside with Fanatics coming in, we we need. I feel like we need to get this done. Yes, yes. If you're out there and you're at Panini, slide in my DMs. Let's have a conversation because this is we need to answer some of these questions. And I think the exact around Galact. And actually, I would be honest with you, Brandon. I, I would hope that like maybe they say you know we don't really know that like. Enigma might be kind of cool, but Maybe, somebody yeah. probably all somebody has to know. I'll sign an NDA. I'm fine. I just <laughs> I, I just need to know. So one of the things I think about Gal- uh, Galactics that are interesting is the fact that uh, speaking what's fresh to me, like when they came out post Prism WWE, it was like the second product, and Prism like went up and then it went down. And then you yeah. had Re- Revolution coming down, and then boxes were cheap, and wrestling card collectors had never really heard of Galactic. So it's like you know you could buy boxes, you know, fifty bucks a pop. It's it was crazy. So I'm just curious, like lower end product, but you've got such a, a parallel that people have such passion about. So. Uh, like, is that a positive you think, or is it a negative just in terms of like the, you know, that, that, that long road or that long picture of where these cards stand, you know, 10 years from now? Yeah. I, I guess at the end of the day, I don't know that the product matters all that much. I mean, there's plenty of, plenty of nineties cards from really, Oh, I'll drink my diet Coke too here. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of uh, galactic collectors drinking diet right. Coke on a sports card podcast. <laughs> I love it. Um, 
I don't know that it, when you look at really high-end 90s cards, I don't think people really differentiate, oh, that came from a high-end product or a low-end product. I personally, and you know, some people will say, oh, you're, you're an apostate or something. I, I just don't open wax. Like I, mm-hmm. For me, it doesn't look, if I were a billionaire, would I open wax? Sure. But I, I prefer to just buy singles and you know, have some certainty about what I'm getting. So I, I just don't think in the long run, it really makes all that big of a difference. It's kind of totally. neat that like you can get a nice card out of a quote lower end product, but I don't know that it makes a big difference. So I'd love to know current galactic stash. You mentioned 2015 set. What what else do you have in your stash right now? Like what does it consist of currently? Yeah. So I mentioned I've tried over time to sort of consolidate down. And I think this is not unique. I think a lot of people consolidate over time. Part of it is just, I live in California and I have you know limited real estate. And so I can't have you know boxes and boxes of cards <laughs> sitting around. And so I really decided like, what are, what are the cards that I really care about that if I got rid of, it would pain me to have them. And sometimes they're, you know, not like the top players. I just like the card. Um, so what I've landed on, I mentioned, I have the, you know, the first year Tom Brady galactic. I, 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 can't see myself parting with that one. I also have a first year Mike Trout Galactic because I think, you know, even though they're unlicensed, um, I still like the baseball ones. I have in soccer, I have the first year Messi base card Galactic, which 2017 is the only year Messi has been in revolution. So he has one base card and he has two parallels of stargazing and a showstoppers. So total, he has maybe 30 to 45 Galactics and he is. It's taken me a long time to get there. I actually graded a raw one and got a BGS gem. And that was one of my most exciting days of grading. But then a, a PSA 10 popped up. It's now a pop three. Um, actually, another really cool collector. He, he graded one himself and got a 10. Um, so it's a three now, pop three now. And so I you know, sold off the, the 9.5 and kept the 10. And then I have a Ronaldo uh, from the same year. That's a, that's a gem. Recently, I, I like, I, you know me, I like soccer. Uh, Erling Holland is, you know, a big name in his first Man City card. Um, I picked up recently in a PSA 10. So I have that one. And then, so I think that's it on the sort of non-basketball side. And then in basketball, obviously I have, you know, a lot of LeBron Galactics. And then uh, I think I have all of his inserts for the first, you know, four or five years or so. And then a lot of his base cards. And then I have the almost the first full year set. I think I'm still two cards shy. I still need Bohan Bogdanovich and Tim Duncan, and then one other. So if anybody out there has one of those, please let me know. I love it. Um, Maybe like when you, we'll close out with this. Um, When you close your eyes and you just think about significant cards in the galactic run, obviously you mentioned some there, but like what, what are, what is the card or two that, stand out to your in your collection that under no circumstances you would part with because it's just that significant based on your fandom anything yeah so if i if you force me to narrow down to you know three or four or five cards my mount rushmore of galactics mm. i'm gonna go with the Jok- Jokic 2015 rookie card mm. which is on the cover of uh Adam's basketball card magazine, the the issue that I was interviewed for, I picked that as my cover card. Um, that one's not going anywhere. The LeBron base card from that year, which was sort of the hardest chase of any card I've had. I'm going to go with the Messi 2017 base. I'm going to go with the Brady 2017 base first year. And then, gosh, last year, 
I just love the Chris Paul 2015. I know that, you know, he's not everybody's favorite player in the world, but I just, the colors on that one are amazing. And that and the Blake Griffin, the both Clippers, if you look at, um, um, Blake can his name, the guy that helps Adam, um, design a basketball Black Griffin card cards. magazine. Yes. Blake Griffin cards. His, his collection's amazing, but he has one on his page and the photography on it is just exquisite. That's amazing. I, I, I would not be doing my job if I didn't ask. Let's close it out with tell us the story about the 2015 LeBron acquisition because you teased that it was a little bit of a challenge. So how did oh, you? Oh sure, yeah. It? Well, I was looking for one for several years, and I was you know one of those annoying guys always saying, "Hey, if anybody has one, I'd love to buy one." There were a few that were in collections that I couldn't. I was even offering stupid amounts of money for, and they weren't budging. And then finally, Josh from Cardboard Chronicles emailed me and he said, "Hey, I've got a guy that is selling one, and it's a PSA 10." And it's the only PSA 10. It's a pop one. Still is. Still is a pop one. Amazing. And I said, okay. And I made what I thought was a really strong offer. It was, you know, probably probably two to two and a half X what the going rate was at the time and came in second and somebody else got it. So I didn't get it there. And then it was probably another year before on eBay came up an entire collection. It had ungraded the base LeBron, the showstoppers LeBron, and then about 50 other cards. And I uh, smashed the bin. I did it. It was, again, <laughs> I paid way more probably than what it, people would have thought it was worth, but I was happy with the price and uh, still am. And uh, yeah, that was, that was how I got it and ended up grading it and all, all, both of the cards gemmed, which was, which was a nice uh, cherry on top. You gotta be a little bit crazy to land the cards that you're chasing. You do. Uh, we'll be sharing some of your cards out on my page. Uh, excited to to release this. And uh, thanks for coming on again, man. Always love talking cards with you. Always love talking galactics. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Brett. Really appreciate it. Good to see you. Always enjoy my time with Brandon. Mission Street Cards. Go check out his page. His galactic collection is madness. Hopefully you enjoyed that one. Such a beautiful card. Love the technology. Everything about those things make me feel something deep inside. Happy collecting, and we will talk to you very soon.